Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Education Unscripted. Um, Education Unscripted podcast is your favorite podcast channel for unpacking education issues in Nigeria and Africa. And this podcast is brought to you by the National Innovation Collaborative for Education Night, which is a community of education innovators working to foster learning and collaboration in Africa. My name is Laya, and today we will be exploring preparing children and helping them develop skills for the future with a very special guest, Mr. Jafet Omojua. Now, JJ uh, is a Nigerian blogger. He's an author, a public speaker, a social media expert, and more recently, he's the recipient of the prestigious Chevenin Award. He is the founder and chief strategist of Alpha Reach, which is a digital media firm that offers a myriad of services to stakeholders in the public and private sector. He's also the founder of the Amojua Foundation, which is a non-profit organization that develops ideas and policies to foster wealth creation, improvement in education, and support underserved and unserved communities. JJ, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. The pleasure is mine. Thanks for hosting. Beautiful. Um, JJ, I see that you've been busy. You have actually quite had a very busy career. You've been um, a blogger or you still are a blogger. You are an author. You are a social media expert, a founder of an NGO. You've had quite a very busy career can you tell us you know a bit about what started you on this journey and especially about what inspired your interest in the education education sector i think i'll start with the what inspired my interest in the educational sector because I, sure. it's easier to talk about other things than to talk about myself i i have benefited personally from attending one of the best schools in nigeria um, King's College, Lagos, and the impact of being a King's College old boy goes deeper than the things I was taught in the classroom. It was being able to be among such a promising set of young young men, um, most of whom have gone on or are currently even doing some extraordinary things, not just in Nigeria, but across the world. And not just about myself, it's just about the history of, of this particular school. And I also I also have the advantage of being able to see, being able to compare myself with those I grew up around or with that didn't have that King's College Lagos education. And the difference is really quite clear. And I'm not saying this to make them look good or make my to make them look bad or make myself look good. I'm just saying it as a matter of fact, like the impact of a well-rounded education. And even in the midst of that, I, ha- I also have to say that even that King's College ha- has its limitations. It's, it has massive, huge infrastructure challenges. It has huge challenges with just running the system in Nigeria. I think the school would be, you know, be better served if it was in another country. But in spite of that, it's it's just been a blessing, just being able to go through such an institution with all the layers of influence, of history, 
of prestige that that comes with being a King's College student and a, and a King's College old boy. And I think that platforms and institutions like King's College ought to be the norm in Nigeria. Sadly, long before I got into King's College and longer after I left King's College, schools like that continue to be, be the reserve of the rich, the powerful, and those with assets. And in certain cases, people like myself that might have distinguished themselves in an exam. I think that we need to start to look at these things in Nigeria and start to understand that the impact and the difference that education makes because if you lay the right foundation for anything anything at all you are on your way to get that thing perfectly right because even if you build the wrong thing on that foundation the foundation can always help to retrace that thing always and i think that's when nigeria has primarily missed it whether in terms of leadership whether in terms of followership whether in terms of governance in terms of whatever you can think of even today the the market the job market is, is messed up primarily because the educational system is answering questions different from the questions that the economy is asking so um, i think that's that's why this is an important conversation uh, nigeria really has to retrace its steps from the roots down to the top of teacher education prioritizing um, vocational education looking at again our polytechnics and polytechnics and refocusing them the curriculum, the contents, you know, students being taught that Mongo Park discovered River Nyanja and all of those things. There are things that need to change and we need to switch. Thank you very much, Omojua. You, you seem to have, you know, had a really deep dive into the education sector and it has, it shows in the way you talk so passionately about it that you have had time to really sit down and say, okay, so what are the gaps? In the, in the education sector currently, what are the opportunities even for to bring institutions or to bring um, the education sector in Nigeria generally to global standards? Uh, global standards might be global standards might be a stretch because, for instance, when you say what are the gaps in something, you you give an impression that that thing works, and you're just looking for the little things that 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 don't make that that could make that thing work better if you correct them but for nigeria i don't think we're talking about gaps we're talking about the overhauling of, of an entire system because if you say gaps i'll tell you uh, we need to you know take another look at our curriculum if you, if you say gaps i'll tell you um look at vocational education i'll tell you um scholarships how do we this thing that we say about free education, how do we actually make free education work? Because free education obviously is not working. Um, talk about our university system. I know how much schools, I know I know the school fees of schools in you know the most advanced democracies. I know it's not cheap. So how do we balance wanting to have cheap education with quality education? I could speak to all of those things, but for me, it's beyond saying gaps because when you say gaps, it's like this thing already works, but you know, you're trying to make it work better. You're trying to tweak. The Nigerian educational system is not about tweaking, it's about an overhauling. We, we need to overhaul the entire curriculum. We need to start to prioritize digital economy, artificial intelligence, computer education that was sort of a, a, a sort of an alternative. We need to prioritize, we need to make those things as important as, as mathematics and English. And also again, ask ourselves whether the way we've been obsessed about mathematics, for instance, whether that that's actually needed now. I'm not saying it's not needed. I'm not saying it's needed. I'm saying we need to ask those questions. We need to look at questions around 
when you say somebody has come first in class what are you saying about the person that finished last that may have talent and ability in things that that class does not teach how do we do all of these things and sometimes some of the conversation is not even just about nigeria it's the global conversation that we need to have in terms of how we see education and learning but for nigeria it's not even a tweaking it's not even a gaps thing it's, it's a complete overhauling thing you need you need to we need to take this house down and build it from the ground up all over again right from the roots the the primary education to the advanced education and, and tertiary education there's there's a there's a whole lot that i can tell you for free that there's more things not working than there are things working far more things not working than there are things working and i know that because just drop the average school in nigeria is a mess university first as we speak university universities are closed and not primarily because of covid because the, the lecturers are not in school and if those lecturers are to go to school nobody will be surprised if the non-academics have decided that they were also going to go on strike and that's the norm that's not the exception the strikes you go into school and you know i mean i i i i, I started a five-year course in 2004 and i didn't graduate until 2010 right and oh. that's not that's not the exception that's the norm that's the norm when i resumed when i resumed a program in uk last year i knew that i was going to finish on time even with covid i knew that i was going to finish on time i knew that for sure i knew that no strike was going to stop me from even though there were strikes by the way but i knew that those strikes were not going to stop me from finishing on time because there's a method to the madness with nigeria is just a mess and that has to be addressed and that's why i say that we don't have the sort of issue that you speak to with respect to gaps we, we need to overhaul this entire system we need to overhaul this entire system from tertiary education to primary education to secondary education to vocational education to prioritizing tvet to prioritizing to prioritizing creativity rather than just this obsession with english and math and all of these things the the british handed us something when they left and for 60 years we are continuing with that thing they handed us that's a mess because when the british when when the when the british handed us this curriculum where we were being taught that mongo park discovered river niger i'm using that as a, as an example of what is wrong with our system when we were being taught that mongo park discovered river niger they were they, they developed that curriculum from their perspective as british people because mongo park discovered river niger for the british people because mongo park came here to to west africa and then went back to the UK to make a report. And part of the report was that, oh, by the way, there's a river called River Niger. Sorry, there's a river called Niger. And he reported to them. And then it was credited as discovering River Niger. But obviously, the Nigerians, and they were not maybe Nigerians at the time, the people that lived around the you know, New Busa and these areas, they knew there was, they knew this river. And they had a different name. They had a different name for this river. They had a name for this river before Mongo Park came. Why are we not teaching our people about these people that lived in these places before Mongo Park? Why are we not teaching from the perspective of our own people? Why are we teaching our people from the perspective of foreigners? Right. So it is it is an anomaly that 60 years into independence, Nigerian kids are still being taught that Mongo Park discovered River Niger. That's that's the it's a classic example 
a classic representation of the dysfunction of our educational system that we are still teaching ourselves from the perspective of our, our colonialists when we should have reinvented the wheel to make us teach ourselves from our own history and perspective outside even we might even you know put the colonial history in there but from our perspective rather than from their perspective so we constantly are blaming these people they handed us this they did that to us but what have we done in 60 years we, we have not even sat down to say okay let's look at the education because if you don't fix education you, you can't fix anything education is the indoctrination process that's where you build a nation from the presidents the minister the senator the doctor the engineer the talk the hoodlum on the street everybody went through this education it's either you went through it or you couldn't go through it but one way or the other you were affected by it so that's the foundation that's the bedrock of the nation and there's no running away from it and if you don't overhaul it and design it for a nigeria that we desire and want you're wasting time with everything else right so the opportunity that you see in essence is that we need to start from the bottom up all over again we need to overhaul the structure such that the foundation is laid again in the education sector yes please thank you very much omojua so i i think that we should you know take a bit of you know an in-depth look at the skills that are being taught in schools today right because i know that in your book digital the new code of wealth you emphasize that education is you know the foundation to developing the kind of digital skills that might be useful even in the future right we know that currently jobs that didn't exist 10 years ago are existing now and in about 10 years time jobs that don't exist now will exist then so what skills are important for kids to have now or for children to have now that will prepare them for perhaps the future of work and integrating into the global um, system even many years down the line i mean the the, the skills that that are necessary are really out there and i sort of mentioned it that for instance when i was in primary school and secondary school and i have to say i was a privileged student i went to some of the best schools at least with respect to nigeria so i don't speak for the average nigerian when i say this we we were taught you know we had access to computers but it wasn't exclusive it was something that you could decide to in primary school for instance we, we used to just play games on the computer and i'm talking about i, I left primary school in 95 so that's quite a long time ago we used to just play games on the computer we didn't really you know teach us much on it in secondary school they were teaching us programming and the likes but we didn't have in-depth teaching on computer it was it was just one of those things like okay they say computer will be useful in the future so they just sort of exposed us a little bit i think that now these things have to be compulsory because the language of the future is programming right yeah. the wealth of the future is programming the economy of the future is codes and and artificial intelligence and and deep learning and we we are really far behind one of the biggest diplomatic issues in the world today is primarily a battle between the us and china on mm -hmm. artificial intelligence really that's okay. that's why that that's that's the main that's the crux of the issue between us and china every other thing is secondary to that 
right? And it speaks to the future. It speaks to what really matters now. But besides that, you know, people need soft skills, people management, creativity, communication skills, understanding social media, understanding analytics, understanding data and how data works, interpret interpretation of data. This this is not um, something that I can I can exhaust. It's just giving an idea because again, when you pay attention to these things, you see how they are actually all linked to how the world is evolving, and especially with COVID coming in and basically forcing us to move faster than ever into that future, that virtual future, that future where we don't necessarily have to be physically gathered to have conversations. We don't have to be physically gathered to to have food, to have our products. And if you pay attention, the companies and systems that were built to thrive in, in such systems were the ones that actually thrived during COVID, whilst economies that, were, that strictly built on brick and mortar suffered massively. Yes, definitely. That's what, you know, COVID came and it just disrupted what we had as brick and mortar to a situation where everybody and everything had to practically be online, at least for the period when we were all in the lockdown situation. And um, I think that, you know, as we move towards rounding up, what I would like to know is where do you see the future of education? I know that you are a chief strategist, you know, you've um, moved deep into the education sector and you run a foundation that is, you know, one of the aims of your foundation is to serve underserved communities, especially with regards to education. So in the Nigeria of your dream and in the education sector of your dream, perhaps, where do you see us in the next five to 10 years? If, for example, we have been able to overhaul the system and that although I should probably put a caveat here that, you know, getting a complete overhaul of the education system in Nigeria would definitely be um, a very difficult activity because I don't know how, you know, the education sector has been from time past, but even at this place where we are now, it is quite difficult to get policymakers to come together, to collaborate, to give the kind of policies that would lead to an overhaul. So where is our education system going in the next five, 10 years if we have an overhaul? And if we don't, where are we going still? I mean, in the next five years, don't even talk about it. The next five years is here already. Um, if something was happening as we speak, I would say the next five years, this is what's going to happen. But because nothing is happening, the next five years is very, very clear. We'll, have, we'll still have loads of kids out, out of school and we'll still have this dysfunctional educational system. The next 10 years, maybe, <coughs> maybe then, if we start something inside the next five years, then we can start to have an impact inside the next 10 years. Because it's about outcomes, right? And, and it's about inputs. Right now, the input is a mess. And what you will get in the future is a mess, at, at least in the immediate future. But if we did things right, this is what's going to happen if, if we manage to sort of put our acts together. Nigeria will be about 400 million people by the year 2050. Even as we speak, Nigeria has one of the youngest populations in the world. A big population is always a beautiful thing, but primarily if it's a skilled population. Now, as China continues to age, 
and labor continues to the cost of labor continues to increase in china nigeria would have been an automatic direction for investors and manufacturers if we had a population that had the skills to get stuff done the reason why nigeria is not that place is because we don't have the skills we have the numbers we have cheap labor but we don't have the skills so somebody is not going to pay you a cheap price to do something you cannot do it just does not work even if they're going to pay you a cheap price at least you'll be able to do that thing so what i see is a nigeria that actually helps the world manufacture the way vietnam has the, the likes of vietnam have done the way the likes of thailand have done the way china has done massively the way india is you know is doing that's that's what nigeria ought to have been that's what nigeria can be can still be because labor will be cheaper in nigeria on account of uh uh slow growth and a low low per capita income so automatically labor labor will be cheaper but that labor needs to be skilled up if you skilled labor up in nigeria if you skilled nigerians if you increase the human development index in nigeria nigeria wouldn't have to do so much to attract jobs and I, when i say jobs i don't just mean jobs in nigeria i mean international jobs i mean outsourcing i mean companies going out of their way to set up in nigeria so that they could export to their home countries a lot of american countries produce away from america a lot of british companies produce away from britain because companies are really about cost of production they're really about reducing that cost i know nigeria has other challenges power for instance but if we were able to fix because people forget that the challenge with employment in nigeria is not as much about unemployment as it is about unemployability ask anyone who runs a company or who's ever run a company they will tell you that it, it's such a hellish thing to get the right people to to do their jobs for them so in the midst of all of this noise about unemployment which of course is a big problem and continues to be yes we have such a massive problem with unemployability and these are things and these are gaps that we need to address and i think if we're able to do this and get the educational system to be responsive to the needs of the 21st century and to the needs of Nigeria we would have gone in we would have taken a massive step forward in creating jobs in reducing poverty in creating wealth and you know reducing inequality altogether thank you very much jj so as okay. we round up now um i think that maybe you could point us in a direction what should be our very immediate next step and our long term next step in the education sector now if we're looking to catch up in the global system what are our you can't, next you can't, you can't hear what you don't reveal to to treat yourself for malaria you have to first of all identify that you have malaria mm. to to become a humble person you have to recognize the fact that you're proud and you need to address it nigeria <laughs> needs to nigeria needs to declare a state of emergency in education about a year or 18 months ago I, i i was in the car and i heard that the government was going to do that in april because at around january of that year i think it must have been last year and it just never happened and when i heard that i was like okay something is about to happen nigeria needs to declare a state of emergency in education nigeria has not done that i'm not saying nigeria does that um it's it's it means that it's not even it might, it might be people might be talking about it like we're talking about it but as a collective it hasn't accepted that this thing is a disaster that needs to be addressed urgently um so for, for that's the immediate to declare a state of emergency in this system um have a genuine stakeholder conversation have a sister conversation and get on with it um for the remote you know for the future 
for the future, which I expect will be built on this state of emergency that needs to be declared and these conversations that need to happen, these effective conversations that need to happen around education, is to ask ourselves, when we say free education, what do we mean? And when we say free education, does it have to be cheap? Sorry, does it have to be this this sort of free education that we currently have that is really and truly a mess? There's nobody with the capacity to... Everybody that has promised free education in Nigeria, maybe minus a couple of people, never had their kids in those schools. I know uh-huh. only one person that had their kid in a school where they govern and they say it's free education. Right. And for me, that's, that speaks to the kind of free education we want. Do we want to start having charter schools? Do we want to start maybe doing vouchers where schools still, even though they are free, they still compete for the best students. So students have their voucher and they can decide that this is the school I want to go to. Or do we want to have a system where the rich actually pay for their education and they sort of subsidize the poor? Do we want to go learn about what's happening in other schools? Do we want to actually have an education trust fund that actually addresses the problem rather than education trust fund that really nobody knows? The suburbs of this world, the new beds of this world. They answer the names, but really and truly, what have they been doing? What are they doing? And if they're working, how can they work better? Uh, for me, these are the things that need to happen. Um, I'm definitely not an expert on this conversation. I can tell you for free. I'm just someone that cares about about these things. Um, we get the experts together, the ones that care, um, get the government and policymakers together, and as a collective, um, chart the path to that future. But in the media, we need to, first of all, accept that this is a mess and it's not working. Uh, if you don't do that, you can't fix it. And then for the future, a lot of things can just happen of us just getting started. Wow. Thank you very much, Omojua. This has been like a really interesting conversation, you know, getting your, your perspective on you know, the current state of the education sector and how we might work going forward. I feel that um, a lot of our listeners will have derived some sort of you know, information from this that can help us chat our way forward. Thank you, Omojua, for the, coming the on. The pleasure is mine, Laya. The pleasure is mine. Thanks for hosting beautiful and to our amazing listeners you know we have come to the end of today's episode of education unscripted thank you very much for listening and um, please do well to send us your feedback by mail to nice at tepcenter.com or you can connect with us on twitter at nice underscore innovate that is at nice underscore innovate you can also reach out to us on your favorite podcast platforms and leave us a message or favorite the podcast on there So thank you very much for listening again. And everyone, please keep safe and keep learning. Bye for now.